This week on Invasion of the Podcast, there is no Defenders, only Zool. No one said there'd be three books as we talk about Evil Dead. And the Netflix Wheel of Death comes back with more tricks than treats. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul Shop Smart, Shop S Smart, Stedman. So it'd be Stedman Mart, I guess. I don't know. Stedman Mart. Oh, yeah. And to my left, as always, is Joe. This is my boomstick, Peters. Yes. I wanted to save the two better known quotes, I don't, like, as opposed to the intro, which, you know, I love the whole... No one said there's three books. Like, no I love that whole bit in uh, Army of Darkness, whenever he goes up for the three books, he freaks out. Like, anyway, we're going to be talking about Evil Dead, probably yeah. a lot more about Army of Darkness. I don't know why I feel like that's going to be more of the talk. Yeah, I feel um, bad because like, I really wanted to watch Army of Darkness again before we did this, and I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, so uh, we're going to try to do, uh, October is going to be all uh, like Halloween stuff, so I figured it would be appropriate to, to, to yeah. focus on a franchise, and uh, we have some other plans for the rest of the month, too. We had a lot of fun last year with October. Like I like the time of year being spooky and and. In, in horror centric so it's it's definitely i i want to say even more so than um than christmas because christmas is i felt like was a little bit of a stretch to kind of focus on christmas stuff but uh but there's always scary stuff going on and this is perfect no it's it, you're right because i mean everybody out there feels like i have like two or three friends that are doing their 31 days of, of halloween movies that they're watching and mm-hmm. i couldn't watch 31 holiday christmas movies like it would kill me but I could watch I could watch horror movies. So so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about uh, Evil Dead and uh, and Ash versus Evil Dead, uh, the TV show. So we're not gonna try to get too spoiler heavy with it because there's some people out there that have not seen it yet. But we're gonna talk about that. Um, yeah, that's like my my weekend coming into this, or I should say my week. I was trying to tell myself that I wasn't going to watch Luke Cage all the way through. I watched all the way through. I did it again, where I just kind of fell into the, it. I'm slow yeah. slowly getting through it. I'm not like jumping all over it i feel like i did daredevil and jessica jones i i there's too much like because they brought it out right during the peak of fall tv which like all the superhero tv and like i told you i don't know if i told everybody listening or not but like i'm trying to get through supergirl the first season now which is like any time i feel like dc itself anytime they start anything new god other than constantine they're gonna be like like here we're gonna order up like 32 large pizzas of the red tornado like <laughs> and you sit down like if you if you're not watching it as it airs and then you come up be like i'm gonna wait till it comes out on the hulu or the netflix and you're just like oh there's like 72 episodes in the first season and it's just like uh so yeah i'm slowly getting through supergirl yeah so so you told me before we started recording like you enjoy it i have not watched yeah, i liked it any of i it. like it so far i mean I feel like uh, like it started off kind of weird, and like everybody said, and trying to get its legs, but then like it, it definitely finds its way, and um, it very it feels very flash like, um, uh, 
the effects are pretty cool. Like they do have really good heroics. God, I enjoy it more than anything they've done with Superman. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched Smallville a lot because I know a lot of people will be like, "You're crazy." Smallville is amazing. You're crazy, but uh, I can't really compare it to Smallville. But um, uh, but still, I feel like Smallville kind of held back from what I do know about it and the episodes I have seen because this is all about like her going to do superhero stuff like the flash kind of does. Well, so. and they didn't have Tom Welling until the, in the actual Superman suit till the last episode of that series, which yeah. is like what 10 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. I think they and, held back a little bit, but yeah. And even in, even with Smallville, like he spent a, a, a majority of the time hiding who he was with like Supergirl. It's like first episode here. I am. I'm a superhero and here's my costume and here's this. And you know, it's like, so I mean, do we need? Okay, that's I guess it's a whole other topic, but it's just real quick. I mean, do do we need uh, uh, that much like a uh, narrative jump, like where it's like, oh, you got to set this world up before they're ready to be a hero? I feel like we're kind of past that point now with a lot of media, where it's like, I don't need a whole half season to get me into a costume, you know? Like, they're, I don't like, think they do that now. Okay. Like, yeah. Well, I feel like Daredevil did that a little bit because with the first seat for, or for the two seasons of Daredevil, I feel like they're slowly building him up to the Daredevil we know. Like he got the costume at the end of the first season, and then at the end of the second season, he got his like iconic Billy Club. Well, yeah, I mean, but the, the, he's more. I mean, it, it grounded in reality, I guess, than like Supergirl, which is like, you know, she's an alien that can fly around. Yeah. Like, did we need to have like, I, I don't know. I feel like some some stories and some characters you don't need to have. Well, they like this total like I, they didn't do it with Arrow. Like Arrow off the rip was just kind of like, like, I am the green arrow or not. Well, well he, wasn't, he had the he wasn't in like, the grease paint. He didn't have like the full on superhero outfit, but he had a vigilante. look. No, on. but he yeah. had he had his legs like Flash and Supergirl had to get their legs. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why one of the reasons why I, I enjoy their shows is because it's like an evolution of the character that way. And you're kind of like going along this journey of them becoming this great superhero together. So I oh, don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's, but that's whatever. I don't want to get into yeah. that. That's like a whole nother cast type thing. So. I haven't watched it. I, I do plan on at least watching the crossover episode with them in the flash. Yeah. Uh, no. So I know the first season's on Netflix now. And I think that have, have, I know the, the CW shows, they're back now, right? Some of them? They're, yeah, they should all be back in full force, I think. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to not fall into the problem I had last year, which I felt like every time I turn around, there'd be five hours of television to watch. That's what it's. That's what I'm afraid of right now. <laughs> like, I watched Ash vs. Evil Dead, and I, I was able to binge it really quick, because I think it's only 10 episodes. Yeah, and most of them that's, are half hour long. That's what I want. I don't want an hour-long 25-season arrow, you know? That that takes yeah. me time to get through, because, like, one episode I'll knock out in, like, a night, and I'm just like, oh, I gotta go to bed, or, you know, but, um, like, that's kind of what I want. I don't have... Like especially well, with I'm trying to get back into Agents of Shield with Ghost Rider because I, I enjoyed it like you know I, was, yeah. I watched the first episode you know so you know we'll we'll do maybe maybe November will will warrant a superhero TV show cast because there's so much right now that's true anyway I just I yeah um <laughs> I've I've been trying to reel in the number of shows I've been watching that are current but then I feel like I I still feel like I'm going to be that that one parent that didn't pay attention to the kid in the car and be like oh shoot yeah no I, that's how I feel it's like if I hadn't been watching Last Man on Earth it'd still be around right. like I mean and it still is because I keep going over to check to make sure it's okay feel you know? bad yeah yeah anyway like, Legends tomorrow don't have no Cheetos like just <laughs> call, quit crying Legends <laughs> yeah, of tomorrow I'll get back to you in like Jeez, six months yeah just stay alive long enough for me to get over to you. Okay. Got yeah. Tears all over your face. <laughs> all right.
news, everyone. So after just talking about television with superheroes, we're going to have a little bit more talk about that. Yeah, right. I just well, realized uh, that. Yeah, well, well, New York Comic Con just swung through, uh, which is the second biggest comic convention of the year, which San Diego Comic Con would be the first. Um, the I Cleveland re- Wizard World's the first. Yeah, right? oh, we're yeah. number one yeah. all the way. Uh, anyway, um, I really want to go to New York Comic Con. That's my next uh, my next target. Like, I for some reason, I, I've gotten it out of my head that I got to go to San Diego. I feel like the only reason to go to San Diego Comic Con now is to maybe see like actors, like like or if it's like Infinity War is coming out next year, and it's like I could sneak in and get some, get a cool, get a cool panel with some deets about Infinity War. Like that yeah. would really be like it because I feel like a lot like after going to a couple cons, it's like they're kind of almost all the same. But I feel like New York Comic Con would kind of be a bigger comic book deal with. Um, uh, New York being so centric for comics because Marvel is there, obviously. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people end up there that are definitely in the industry. Yeah, so, that makes sense. But um, during New York Comic Con, uh, Netflix and Marvel uh, had, a, had a panel, of course, for all of their TV shows. And they brought out all the Defenders, uh, you know, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, and Daredevil, and then they revealed that Sigourney Weaver is going to be playing the villain in the Defenders, um, which is awesome. And, like, and yeah, they just kind of dropped villain. So, and the rumors have always floated around that it's going to be Mephisto, uh, which I think is weird. And I wonder how they would make that work with a street level group like that. But um, I think uh, Sigourney Weaver would be an amazing Mephisto. Yeah, I just I think that uh, so far their um, their casting of their villains for the the TV series have been really good, and if you're going to have a group that collectively has fought a lot of these like you know really like larger than life characters and not larger than life I mean but Kingpin is kind of I guess larger than life, um, and I know you're working through Luke Cage yeah like Cottonmouth was really good. Um, the guy See, I've been hearing mixed reviews about Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth's awesome, but it's just we'll talk like, about. I more like that later. I like him so far on the show, but like it, he's not he hasn't he hasn't Vince D'Onofrio'd me yet, or, oh. or Dave and Tennant me. Like I was where, saying, Kilgrave was a good villain. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I feel like if you're going to go big and have all these people under the same you know collective and actually have a team, give them a threat that's worth it. Right. So Gordy Weaver has the acting chops and and she can carry it, and she's going to. I can't wait to see what the plan is. If it's mystical, it's one thing. I feel like a lot of it's always been kind of street level so far with these mm-hmm. guys. So I don't know, like, but they keep creating a power vacuum by removing some of these players off the board, like for the like the local crime scene. So it makes me wonder if like she's just waiting to make her big push. I like it. So and she's a good actress. Like, and I, I obviously I'm I'm biased because of of Alien mm-hmm. and Aliens and and everything else. But yeah, I usually enjoy everything she's in. Yeah. Like, like I think she's she's a fun actress. Like I was telling you, like before we were casting, like if she's gonna play the villain, I'm like some of the villainly villain vi- <laughs> villainous roles she's played. Vanilla, uh, really, really roles. Vanilla, uh, like at the end of Cabin in the Woods, which oddly ties to oddly what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna yeah. talk about villain in Cabin in the Woods and the villain in uh, your movie, Paul. <laughs> yeah, the the movie I was part of, not really. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I liked. I can't remember. I remember when I went and saw Paul and then there was like somebody no 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 I was I, I remember there was a, a scene at the end where somebody yelled get away from her you bitch at Sigourney Weaver in the movie like yes. a character yeah. I was like oh how could you let them say that to you Sigourney I'm like that's that's yours <laughs> that's your line yeah that's your line yeah so um 
Yeah, I'm really excited for that. And it's cool because it's like you you get the idea that like she's going to be the villain of the season. So odds are that they she may not make it out at the end of the season, which is that's okay, but that means that she's made a commitment to be like, you know what? Like I'm going to be here for this and I want to give it my all. And I feel like that's a good grab that you can get these bigger name stars that can come in and be like, I'll do a season of television, then I'll go do whatever else. Like that's that's awesome. So, yeah, good. I'm I was very excited for the Defenders. Now I'm really excited for the Defenders. Right, right. Yeah, and they also had a teaser for uh, Iron Fist too. Mm-hmm. So the trailer for Iron Fist was really cool. You got to see the Iron Fist actually fire up and with his chi, um, and then the the tattoo. Yeah, the so Kun Loon tattoo. So far, um, I've liked all the Netflix series. Um, we will talk more about Luke Cage later when people finish it. Uh, the big thing that bugged me about all that is that. Like, it was two days after the series dropped. There was already articles online of, like, let's talk about what happened. It's like, I don't know what you guys are doing as reporters. I haven't gotten there yet because I have a job. Right. Well, and I, I think I feel, there were spoilers in the, the titles of these articles. It was making me mad. Well, I feel like, like, when with Netflix doing it this way, it's like, it's, their, it's the job, uh, you know, I mean, awesome that you have a job that lets you just w- binge watch TV. But, yeah, that's kind of their job. Yeah, I unfortunately. don't know. It's, it's frustrating. Like, I, I mean, I will give, like, uh, IGN some credit when they do um, reviews they stagger it like if you like like because when I go on there sometimes to look at stuff uh, I'll notice like when they did Luke Cage like they did episodic reviews yeah but they staggered it it wasn't just like one two three four five six seven eight nine you know yeah it was like there were other stories mixed in between so it was either the dude that was reviewing it was watching it like a normal human being or they were being nice enough about staggering it so yeah uh, and also the onions uh, av club website they do a good job of that too they'll release it and like it's up to you when you want to go read it right but they don't hit you in the face with it just so. in case you're kind of like tripping across it and then you're just like oh spoiled yeah so they don't um, have alex trebek like we do <laughs> they, you're right they don't yeah. do you know why they are called spoilers <laughs> so yeah and this wording there's going to be like again well we're going to try to keep it generally spoiler free for Ash yeah, if you Evil haven't Dead. watched uh evil dead since 1981 that's on you well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah the new tv show is different um yeah. so right. yeah that's pretty cool and then i don't think i i feel i feel like john wick had presence at new york comic-con but they released the trailer for john wick 2 uh, just recently, they re- released quite a bit of trailers, and and um, like I don't know how much you want to talk about all those because like Power Rangers came out too, <laughs> super and, serious Power and, Rangers. Well, yeah, I think that's worth talking about. But like yeah. those two trailers, like like well, John Wick, I love John Wick. That that kind that's of blind, a great movie that blindsided me. Yes. And I remember like when I like watched it, like one of my buddies was explaining it to me, and I was like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. I'll check it out. And like from the rip when they steal his car and they drop it off at the chop shop and John Leguizamo is like, you idiot, this is John Wick's car. You knew you were in for a ride with a badass because it's like like when the when the illegal chop shop guy is scared of what you just did, yeah. then it's like, yeah. Yeah, so. like that's one of those ones that like, as much as I always talk about how it would be, it's you know, like why don't they make more original movies with the, with you know, like their own properties and all this stuff, and then it's like, oh, Keanu Reeves is in a movie that's an action movie with a very generic name. I'm like, I don't want to watch that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then I saw it and it was amazing. And yeah. So I guess I guess I'm just as guilty of not giving it a chance. But how many actioners has Keanu Reeves put out where it's like I don't like that's not yeah great, you're kind of you know? like yeah yeah. Um, no, there's a lot of movies like that. Like I still have never gotten into Jack Reacher, and no. they're doing another Jack Reacher. But Jack Reacher isn't technically an original property. I no, guess it's, that, it's a novel series. It's a novel yeah. series. 
so this is kind of unique and different. Like, you know, there's a lot of things about the world of John Wick that I remember after watching the first movie, I was like, I really want to get back to this. Like the Continental was probably my favorite thing in that whole movie. Like that, that hotel yeah, that he stayed kind of at. Like, like, a, like it's a sanctuary kind of. For like hitmen and mercenaries and stuff. Yeah, and there were rules. Yep. Yeah. And everything's paid with by gold coins. It was like, <laughs> like who uses, like they use gold coins. Like it's, it's, it's just really bizarre. Yeah. So, so. yeah. Like if you guys have not seen John Wick, I, I can like, even if you're on the fence about action movies, still watch this one. Because the action's different than anything I've ever seen, where it's very efficient. Mm-hmm. His whole thing is like he doesn't want to do this, but if if he has to, he's going to end it as quickly as possible. Right, and he's always like thinking a step ahead how he's attacking, and it's really unique. Like it's very... it almost reminds me like what they actually no they pulled it off like um in uh, Equilibrium. Yeah, the, the gun, way gun that kata. they had the gun yeah. kata, like that's like if you liked that in Equilibrium, like that's almost exactly like how John Wick fights with guns. Like, always going to shoot you. The amount of headshots, like it's it's like he obviously has a, he's a bot. If you play first person <laughs> shooters, John Wick is a headshot bot. Yeah, <laughs> like it's the best way to describe the movie. Yeah, but it's, I mean, he's very like the only other thing I could equate to that I have knowledge of is like watching Dread, where it's like Dread doesn't care what he has to do he's just going to take like point a to point b you're in my way i'm taking you mm-hmm. out and i don't want to waste ammo doing it like that's just how and and john wick was a cool flick i like i didn't mean that to rhyme but it's true um you put on the poster john wick is a cool flick john wick's cool said flick. that guy two years after the movie came out and it's a great revenge movie who yes. does not love revenge movies so yeah so i'm excited for the sequel like i i should put my money where my mouth is and go see it in the movie theater to support I, the sequel well i know i'm gonna go see it in the theater yeah. like that that's that's a great movie but um real quick like just to bring up like the power rangers trailer too um I think like this movie feels a little bit like a Transformers of of that generation. Because yeah, that's if, true. I didn't think about that. Because right. if you think about the time gap between the cartoon of Transformers and Power Rangers coming out, it's about the same amount of time. And then same thing about with Michael Bay taking a cartoon and making it into a serious action movie. And I feel like that's what they're trying to do with this Power Rangers movie because the trailer... It had a very Breakfast Club type feel to it, but it was also serious enough where it was just like, this has some really strong sci-fi action elements, and it looks like they're trying to do everything with something that was ridiculous, where these these people were in spandex costumes with helmets, fighting monsters, and trying to make it serious. Yeah, like, so. if, if you had not told me there was a Power Rangers trailer, I'd be like, this looks kind of interesting. And I'd be right. like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, it's like, Power Rangers. I, yeah, so yeah. Um, I I was a little too old for whenever Power Rangers became a thing here in the U.S. Like, it was just a little past my time. Yeah. So I didn't really care. So I was kind of the same way, but, like, my brother was, I think he was, like, seven. And he's, like, seven or eight. And I remember it was always on with him. Like, he was a huge Power Rangers fan. So it was, like, I... It was on in our house, but I didn't like watch it. Watch it. I followed it because mm-hmm. he was watching it, but it wasn't like I was like, "Oh yeah, we gotta go and watch Power Rangers." Yeah. So, um, so. I, I will be interested to see when because I'm sure that the next trailer they put out actually has more more of the actual Rangers yeah. in it. And then you have um, what's her face playing the Rita bad Repulsa. the bad guy. Yeah. Um. Oh shoot, what's her name? Elizabeth Banks. That's right. And yeah. that that's fun too. Like they showed she, her yeah. in the teaser trailer a little bit, a little bit, yeah, yeah which is interesting. And, and that image they released, she looked really cool. Yeah, and then um, you got your Brian Cranston in there too. And yeah, and that's like where you kind of, I think that image that they released of Elizabeth Banks kind of set the tone for it because it was like she's not this goofy looking lady with this giant weird hair. 
you know, like, yeah. like in the, the show, it was very comedic. And I think that kind of like set the tone for the movie after that, like what the expectation is. So. And because you have a talking robot in the movie, Bill Hader's the voice of it because now he's the de facto voice of every robot right. out there. So, BB-8, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so could be interesting. So that's that's all for a movie I had no interest in. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for it now. Oh, I'm sure yeah. you'll get a popcorn trailer where it's just like, this is cool. It's like, I'm sure you're going to get a a uh, Pacific Rim type fight with the, the, the Zords and the Megazords and some sometimes now you make road. me really want to see it because like I like I'm a Pacific Rim fan I like, like I, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna bust a trailer out where giant robots are fighting things and you're okay. just gonna be like right. oh yeah right. I'm, we're stopping the show right now I'm just gonna so. go wait in line before, <laughs> I'm sold that's it be like sir you were this this wasn't your era be like shut up oh, shut up <laughs> yeah shut up. it's like you don't know my age really okay yeah, yeah. all right uh, anything else we gotta no um, that's, that's it. not a, I mean with New York Comic Con like I uh, there was some more news I didn't want to get into a lot of this stuff but like um i i think those were like the the defenders thing was probably the big thing but i, don't, I didn't really see anything yeah um, i mean like we're starting to come into that that point of the year where um i mean obviously movie wise it's going to dip down a little bit before it starts coming right back up for like award season and then also like your big like like thanksgiving christmas blockbusters so it's going to be yeah you got dr strange which is um, that's coming. That's going to be awesome, but that's not typically the time those movies are released. Yeah. Um, so it's like there's not a lot of well, big new movie movie news coming. First quarter, like you're going to get January to March where um, uh, you're probably going to start to get your uh, your Avengers trailers and your stuff like that because they're going to get you start getting you prepped for the summer. Yeah. That's where our news but, is going to be. But this is ahead. where this is the time of year where the games start coming out. It you know, like Yeah, the yeah. games are going to really start swinging out. So like, like uh, Gears of War 4 just came out. Or they reviewed it, or uh, did it come out, or is it coming out? Uh, it's coming out, I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't really have like a real good games radar now. I've been jumping back into Destiny, so that's been, but but not heavily. Like I haven't been playing a lot of games lately. No. So that's kind of my fault. Um, but yeah, you've let our listeners down. But yeah, playing. sorry guys, yeah. I don't have a good video game update. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Like I think the next game, and I don't want like I I don't want to set the precedent for this really, but as I'll probably be getting dead rising four with that i'll dive head head first into that okay that is one of my favorite sandbox games and that actually kind of ties into what we're going to talk about yeah. too. perfect all right so um yeah that, that should do it for news and then um normally i play our, our feature feature bumper going into this but i feel like this is more appropriate Klaatu, Mirada, I didn't say all the words exactly, or I did say all the words exactly, but not maybe not every syllable. So um, yeah. the and I, I'm sure you know. I feel like if 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 you're listening to this podcast about Evil Dead, I'm sure you probably know a ton of stuff about Evil Dead too. Not not the second movie, but as well. Um, and I I feel like we're probably not teaching a lot of people anything about it, but it's fun to talk about because um, I know like there's a lot of trivia, there's a lot of things like you know about the production of it where it was filmed like it wasn't actually in michigan it was in tennessee and things like that yeah but um like i know the klaatu verada uh nick two yeah was actually what from was that from the day the earth stood still it is. that's what uh um, yeah what the guy said at the end. like it's it's said in the movie there somewhere yeah. and then it keeps coming back through some of the Raimi stuff where it's kind of just shows up yeah um 
But yeah, like so the re- re- couple reasons why we're bringing up Evil Dead. First, I mean, it, it's October, so we want we want to focus a little bit more on some not small. I guess I'd say it's a smaller franchise versus like the ones that you when you immediately think of horror movies, you jump to you know you got your you know, we we talk about the slasher, but you're like you know Friday Thirteenth, Halloween, all that, and then you, you dig a little deeper. Then I think that this was a smaller franchise. However, now with the TV series being out. It's, you know, it's getting bigger, yeah. you know, so I wanted to do that also because uh, last weekend uh, at the Cinema Wasteland Convention, which happens in um, Strongsville, Ohio, every six months, uh, they had um, a ca- the cast of Evil Dead one there, uh, minus Bruce Campbell, they, and they showed the movie, they had a panel just talking about it, so I was like, well, I'm sitting here listening to everybody talk about this movie, and the actors are here, and Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2 just came out on TV, it's like, then why don't we just talk about that? So right, that's yeah. and, and this is a good gateway drug to a lot of other horror movies, you know? Like it is. Yeah. And like uh, we talked about like this this trope set off a lot of uh um other horror movies. The the Cabin in the Woods, this is the iconic start of the Cabin in the Woods type film where, you know, you're in a uh you're in an isolated place and uh, like I talked to you, I even compared it to Blair Witch Project because it's in the woods. There's there's not nece- there's not necessarily a cabin until the end, <laughs> but still the the idea of camping or being stuck uh, in a remote location away from um, civilization is and, and 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 stuff going sideways, really sideways, is is kind of like you know this is like kind of like what what started a lot of that like you know in in, in current or I want to say future horror cinema from that point on after like 1981. Um, like yeah, I mean, you could even go as far as like you know stuff that doesn't involve cabins or anything. You just be outdoors, stuck somewhere, and something's going on. Uh, oh, we've got a net, we've actually got a Netflix Wheel of Death show on here that is a technically a cabin in the woods. Yeah, uh, show. I mean, it, it may not have been the first, but it's the one people think of, and that and just it happens to be because the look of that cabin is very iconic. It's been you know referenced. Like you see, it's like that looks like the Evil Dead cabin. Yeah. It's like you always see that thing kind of sneak in there. And Josh um, Whedon's cabin in the woods looks a lot like that cabin. It, well, it's definitely it definitely ties in to yeah. it, Well, it, it it doesn't tie in, but it it, it throws back to it because like um, if you've never seen Cabin in the Woods, um, you can hit spoiler alert. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Awesome, awesome movie. I almost don't want to ruin it if um, you haven't seen it, but you should have. I, hopefully, if you guys have not seen it. Stop right now and watch it. The the board that they have with all the list of the different things, deadites are on there. Yeah, and I think that's really cool that they put that on there as like <laughs> a uh, as a throwback to the original Evil Dead. Well, and even in that movie, you have you know you have the the, the young people in the cabin, and all of a sudden, like they find the the trap door leading to the basement, and they're like, we shouldn't go down there. The one guy's like, yeah, we'll go down. And then they then they find the thing that that triggers everything that goes in like very similar right it's mm-hmm. all it's it's like basically it's fall evil dead to that point and then cabin of the woods goes a direction that's not what you're thinking like I said if you've not seen it please watch it. it's awesome um, but like I'm trying to think when I first saw this movie I, I get, let me let me back this up the best way I could describe um, Evil Dead is when I was in college there was a small mom and pop video store nearby uh, where where I went to school at and I'd go in and rent movies. And they had all three of the uh, Evil Dead movies there lined up, the boxes, right? Mm-hmm. And they had Evil Dead with a sticker that said 90% horror, 10% comedy. Then it said Evil Dead 2, they said 50% horror, 50% comedy. And then Army of Darkness, 10% horror, 90% comedy. That's, that's probably the best the, way to describe that it. That is the best way to describe that trilogy. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I remember, the, and, I, you know, I, told, I, I admittedly 
told this to Paul, like the first time I watched Evil Dead, I, I want to say it was like 14 or something. And uh, my me and my buddy rented it uh, from the video store. Um, and uh, we're watching it and like we get to the, the, the tree rape scene. And I just I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like watching it and I'm like rolling my eyes. And I was just like, I don't understand. Like it felt super B movie ish to me. Yeah because that was going on like i felt like that they were using like the comedy part of it in the wrong way okay. and i actually just shut it off after that <laughs> like i was like i'm i'm done with this i'm like it's a tree like da 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 i didn't give it a fair chance you know when i got older a couple years later i think i was still like 18 or 19 then i i i watched evil dead because like i had watched army of darkness and i knew and i loved army of darkness and it was like i was like so this spawned from that i'm like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> like there's no way so like i like i legitimately have to go back and watch evil dead now so watching evil dead 1 and 2 and i like i kick myself cuz like that's when it really just picks up like and it was like hard for me to like kind of wrap my mind around it at the time that it was going to get any like that it was just going to get more ridiculous from then on out and not in a good way. So that's why I kind of gave up on it. But I'm really glad that I went back to it when I did. And it was just like it's hard to believe that that movie went on to become what it was, you know, being so iconic. Yeah, I mean, so it, when we get down to it, I know Joe said like there's all these stories about the movie being made, how it was made. Like you, you guys, I'm sure. Uh, if you go to IMDb, there's a bunch of information there. Bruce Campbell, his his first book he wrote was called uh, "If Chins Could Kill: Confessions of a B Movie Star." Like, and the first half of that book is just all about him growing up in Michigan with his brothers and the Ramey brothers and how they fell into making movies and how they loved it, and then they eventually made Evil Dead. And it's really funny, but also like this mind blowing about how how little they had and how hard yeah. they worked to make this movie. And when you then you say you look at like the, how it looks like a B movie. Like I would say, like it's like a D or like you know E or F movie because there's times where it's like they had no money left. And this is what they did. They made it and, work. Like yeah. that movie being produced in 1981, it holds up pretty well still. Yeah, I mean, when like, we watched it recently with the crowd, it was fun. Um, maybe it's just because of like the time of day. It was like around noon. It just did. For, it didn't feel right. Like it's that's the kind of movie you watch. 11 o'clock midnight with friends, mm -hmm. but just in that room, it just felt like I was like, okay, well. I just can we get to the point where he goes downstairs? Can the can the 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 light bulb fill full of blood? Can we just keep? I kept waiting for those signposts for the movie to be over. It, it felt a little slow to me this time around. Um, I think it's because I've seen it so much, and I wanted to get to the panel of everybody talking. I think I was really excited for all the actors to come out. So I was like, just like watching my watch. I'm like, is Ash done now? Can we be done now? That was like, so I guess I'm a bad person for for uh, you know. No, I, I feel know. that I feel that way too when I've seen like movies like a lot. Like you know, I'm trying to think of. Uh like certain movies I probably watched more than I, I needed to like Transformers the movie not the Michael Bay one the, cartoon. the cartoon like yeah. I could watch that and I would sit through that too be like I know when everything's gonna happen know all the words <laughs> like I can yeah it's like I, I did think of you whenever there was the, the ankle stab though oh. whenever that happened like that's the thing too like that stuff like holds up it's just like yeah. there's and, I, and you know when they did the remake and we'll talk about the remake a little bit but just a little bit um, when they did the remake like I felt like they tried to get that amp ankle stab feeling into some of the things like with the Zacto knife cut in the tongue and things like that yeah um, but that ankle stab is is one of the more brutal attacks I've seen in any and she keeps movie. the pencil and she keeps trying to take she's, swipes everybody yeah, yeah it's like and she gets it in there so good yeah. so good because it's not like a quick sudden like gotcha well, and then like, and maybe that's probably I mean, the movie. It's like when you 
stick a spoon into peanut butter. And yeah. you're just like, I can't get that peanut butter on. You're like, come on, peanut butter. And it just doesn't like, cut someone's head off. It's not it's not yeah. nearly as bad. You you stab you stab them in the ankle with the pencil and everyone loses their mind. You know? Yeah. Like, it, it's a relatable fear. It is. Well, it is. And it's like if it had been like a knife, like she had like a pocket knife or something, you'd be like, well, pocket knives are supposed to stab into you. Yeah. But like something as simple as a, a pencil and it's like every day, like you're just like, I don't know. It's it's not as uh, I guess I think like a, a, a good t- I don't want to say a tactic, but a good uh, a good way to tell a, a gruesome horror event. And a lot of slashers are, are guilty of this is is they take an object which doesn't seem lethal and they make it lethal. Yeah. And that makes it that much worse. So, yeah. And, and also, I think that like because it's something that you could experience, like you can squirm because because you've tweaked your ankle or you've gotten a paper cut or you've bitten like your tongue like those things all relate yeah, yeah. the 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 everybody knows the ankle is a sweet spot like <laughs> you, you hit it on the side of a, of of a, of the couch or something or you you twist your ankle right but yeah. then you got that innocent little pencil and it's like you put the two together and it's kind of like like just this this recipe for like oh my god like yeah and and so like with evil dead like it's the other thing too I'll give it credit for is that you have the one girl who gets possessed? They put her in, in the um, the basement, and she's like un, like underneath that trap door, and she's possessed for the majority of the movie. And the majority of the movie, they're in that main li- like living area, and she's just looking out up at them, just taunting them. And it's yeah. like you don't see a lot of movies with like a monster that just sticks around, just like talking shit to you the entire mm-hmm. time. And it was an odd choice, but it worked. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, like we may not make it out, and and we are friends possessed, but. We don't want to kill her, but she's contained, kind of, yeah. and she keeps talking to us. It's weird, you know. It was just, it was really. I don't remember another movie I've seen since then that has that kind of like. There's a constant threat, but there's a contained threat that just keeps kind of talking to you. It's really odd. Yeah. Um. But it just, I mean, in terms of like how they made that movie and the, you see elements there of what would become later, uh, with a lot of Sam Raimi's movies where. He has a distinct editing style. He has a distinct sense of motion. Like um, you, that's kind of like a little sped up. Like there's like there's some hitches here and there where like uh, Ash, the way he reacts to things is very quick cuts. Uh, Raimi used that exact same formula in the beginning of Spider-Man Two, whenever Doctor Octopus is lying on the table and they're trying to take the harness off of him and the arms come to life. There's definitely a bit where he's whipping nurses around. They're flying around like they're deadites being yeah, batted away. You know, yeah. Now that you bring that up, I never really made that. And then the one doctor looks over and sees the bone saw real quick, and he goes to grab it like it's the chainsaw, yeah. and he gets knocked away. And it was completely like Evil Dead. That what did have a very yeah. Now that you bring that up, I never really put that two and two together. That's that's interesting. Yeah, you're right. You go back and watch it again, you'll just laugh because it's it's basically Evil Dead on the operating mm-hmm. table with Doctor Octopus. Yep. Um, but Raimi uses that a lot. He uses that in Darkman. Uh, he ends up using it like just when it suits him. It's funny. It's like a very unique look that he had that he developed back then. And then even some of the things that you, like Joe and I were talking before the show started, the beginning of that movie where you have like the racing through the woods with the evil. Yeah. That's just a camera nailed to a two by four mm-hmm. and two guys running side by side. Yeah. And it's like it's it's the cheapest solution. It is. But and, it works. And then we made the joke when we were looking at stuff on YouTube before the show. It's like somebody made a fan made version of that. And then you made the comment. You're just like, oh, great. You just put a GoPro on your bike and you're driving through the woods. And it's like, yeah, that's what it's become now. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody can do something like that. So um, that's it's it's funny that like the different because I, I remember reading about different angles and shots that Raimi used. Like there was a really uh, interesting one he did with like a, a, like an incline of a hill with the car 
and the way that he laid the camera so that it looked tilted, but it wasn't because it was an incline, like a natural incline. And like, I think they had Bruce Campbell walk a certain way. So it looked like it was going. So it looked like the, the frame was tilted, but it really kind of wasn't huh so yeah because um, I mean, he was always experimenting with that stuff and trying yeah. to make it make sense and yeah and they um they talked about the different types of camera setups like it's it's all in the bruce campbell book he talked about the ram ramo cam or whatever it was where like how you had the cameras going through the windows and yeah. how like the cameras were actually far enough away there was like a bar underneath the camera that would break the window glass before the camera would go through, but you didn't see the bar because it was outside the, the point of view, but you wouldn't think that. And those are things that were never really done before. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of idiots in a, a cabin in Tennessee in the late seventies being like, how do we do this? And I don't know. Yeah, in the you cold, know, in the cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's as the story goes, they got the money together to make the movie and they, and they all were, in, they lived in Detroit and they're like, well, we got to go someplace where it's warm. So let's go down to Tennessee where it's warm for the winter. It was the coldest winter in the history of Tennessee. And then the warmest winter in Detroit that that same winter. So oh, they they were there for six weeks. Yeah, and they tell this whole story about how miserable it was. I heard a and, lot of people were miserable. And then like I guess like a lot of the actors left, and like uh, Campbell and Ramey stayed behind and and finished a few like principal things. And like it was just like they were there longer than anyone else. And, and then they still took another two years to finish it. Yeah. like up in, in Michigan by using people's various uh, basements and garages mm-hmm. to do a lot of the the stuff at the end with the claymation and everything else. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, because like the cabin in Tennessee didn't have a basement at no. all. They had to dig a hole for certain for scenes the flaps, for, the, the, for yeah. the trap door. So, but yeah. what what were some? Yeah, I know there was like some cool stuff you were like that you that that the cast shared with like the, a couple of things I, I heard that I'd never heard before is that the the ladies that were there. So the three the three um the ladies in Evil Dead, uh, uh, Ellen Sandwich, Betsy Baker, and Teresa Tilly. And I have IMDb up, so I'm not that good to remember off the top of my head. They were there, uh, as well as the other the other male lead. Uh, his name is uh, Richard uh, D. Mancor. Demancor, yeah, and so they're all talking these stories about how the white contacts they had to wear, which I knew that they could only have them in for fifteen minutes at most. I heard those white contacts were terrible. To clean them out, all they had on set was coffee. So they would they'd wash them out with coffee. Oh, yeah, because she said the one lady was like, "Listen, it was was Betsy Baker." She said, "You know, people that are like forty five years or younger are not going to get this, but back when we were doing this, there was no such thing as water bottles. So we would have like 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 a pitcher of water they'd bring in and everybody would share." And so they just kind of had to figure out what they had to do. And like those contacts could blind you if you kept them in too long. So the bit you're talking about before, whenever she was getting stabbing people with the pencil, she couldn't see where she was looking. So when she's fighting Bruce, it's Bruce just positioning her like and just fighting, making her look like she's fighting him. Oh, wow. And you go back and watch it again. It's like, that's clearly she's blind, but you don't think about it when yeah, you're watching it. Yeah, you don't think it. about it. Yeah. Um, but she, she mentioned the, the one story I was going to tell real quick is that she ends up getting laid out on the table and Bruce chains her down to use the chainsaw on her. Mm-hmm. And at the time they didn't have a solution how to make the chainsaw safe. So they decided they, they, they said, what was it? They put the, the chain on upside down. So the blades weren't, the teeth weren't facing outward and they, they tested it on some other items first. And so they convinced her to do like, she's like, I'm only going to do one take. And she's like, dummy me. It's all it's going to take is one take because if it goes wrong, you're only going to get one take anyway. You're yeah. going to kill me on this table. And she talks about how like she's like, okay, fine, fine. And they um they tested this out and they told and the special effect guys admitted later that when they tested this out that this thing could still cut. But what they told Sam Raimi was, if it goes wrong, it won't cut through bone. 
is what they told him. Oh my God. So this thing could have still dipped down and like, you know, really screwed things up. But she, and she turns and looks at him uh, during this panel. She's like, it's been 35 years. I've never heard that story. So she now realizes how she knew she was in danger and she trusted these guys, but she didn't realize how much danger she was in. Wow. And and they comment about if you watch that scene in the movie, like she's supposed to be dead, but you can see like the vein in her neck just going nuts because her heart won't stop beating because like Bruce Campbell has a live chainsaw right beside her. It's like, it was just like the stories that you hear in like not guerrilla filmmaking, but like independent have no money filmmaking that you'll, you'll probably still have that now, but to actually make a film back then complete it and get it shown to people under those circumstances was, was the odds were completely against them yeah. and they, and it still happened. Well, that even makes it sound like that, you know, after certain things like that, you know, the, the, the guerrilla filmmaking, as you put it, like, like everything fell into place for this movie then like for this to become what it is you know what i mean i mean I, I, over the longer term yes. yeah because like, like over the longer term yeah. yeah but like going back it's like like my god like anything could have went wrong or the money wouldn't have went right or you know one of the actors would have ended up blind or cut in <laughs> half or somebody would got stabbed by a pencil and yeah and like and and if that had happened like they were like i remember reading they were so far into the woods in Tennessee, it was really hard to go get medical attention if something yeah. were to happen. So, like, when they did have mishaps, because they did, because people got hurt on set, like, it basically was, like, like like Sam Remy and, like, like maybe, like, Ted Remy, like, there with, like, like a first aid kit, like, here, we're just going to patch you up. Yeah. And, like, you know, we'll get you back to civilization in, like, a day. It was Yeah, like, like, a bunch of 20-year-olds in the woods the first time, literally yeah. on their own doing something like this, like... There was so much potential for things to go badly, you know, and and, you know, you, you, you could see that in the movie in the sense of like, you know, there was so much confidence like we're going to do this because we have no other option but to do it. That that still shines through. And then also the whole like, well, how else are we going to get this done? That still shines through because at the time, yeah. you know, you had very little money. How are you going to make this look right? Right. You know, and so um, so the movie still holds up like that. I just think that the modern sensibilities, the, the pacing is a little odd. That's just me. And again, I've seen the movie countless times. Um, but I, I feel like it's important that like, so Ash is a very, he's, he's a wuss through the entire first movie. Like he's just like a victim of circumstance. Yeah, I feel like, like you don't get a good you you get a good uh, groundwork for the, the the franchise in the first movie, but Ash doesn't really come into his own till the second movie, and then obviously he completely evolves into what he is in, in Army of Darkness. And that's my question for you because we were kind of like flipping through the movies talking about before the, the the show started here. When did Ash become a hero? When did he become a hero people cheered for as opposed to this is a guy that's just stuck in a cabin when it gets covered in blood and is terrified the entire time. Well, like Evil Dead too. Like, yeah, you know when he he pretty much is like like spinning the shotgun and and like creates the chainsaw hand and and you know he just he i mean is that heroic i mean or is it just more like i've had enough i'm just like screw this i'm done with this cabin i'm done with these deadites but that's Lamb. that's that's what yeah. ash is if yeah. you don't want to call that heroic then that's what it is he just basically is fed up and well because like you go into army of darkness and he's telling this grand story to somebody at the beginning of the movie. Well, you find out he's talking to people at S-Mart, telling the story about how he saved the world like multiple times or whatever. Yeah, He's so full of himself, telling everybody how he took care of everything. He he, he thinks of himself as a hero. I don't, I'm just trying to... like. There's, a tr there's definitely a point where he switches off from being, like, I mean, just completely passive to being this cocky asshole. And I don't know... Like, lovable, 
but cocky nonetheless. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's a. I, I just wonder if it's more the Bruce Campbell started shining through as opposed to just the way Ash was set up to be. Well, I think that's probably what they let him do. Is it's like let's have Bruce's persona come into Ash more. Yeah, you know, and uh, like like there's so many like Ashisms and things like that. Like you know the one liners and just like. Um, you know, they're like, you know, we'll get into Ash versus Evil Dead and, and just some of the stuff like when I was watching it and I'm just like, oh my God, I, I would love to just like, like hang out with Bruce Campbell and like Nathan Fillion for like a day and just be like, just not say anything. Just be like, oh, you guys are so cool. You want to be like Chris Farley interview people? Yeah, and be like, well, remember that time? Mem- yeah, like get my, member- <laughs> my member berries out. Yeah. Remember, remember <laughs> that time when you had a spaceship? Oh. Yeah. But yeah, like um, I think Evil Dead Two was probably when he started to really evolve the character, and 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 you could tell that that way that really the way you described it, where it hit that fifty fifty marker. Yeah, you know, because we were watching it, and there were parts in the movie where you know they're doing very Three Stooges esque type things, where you know. Uh, uh, Ash is getting his head smacked against a wall, and it's just like you know, and it and it's, it, it looks painful, but, but it's played for comedic effect, where it's like repeatedly, right. repeatedly, repeatedly over, yeah, yeah, and and then the re- well, it looks painful, but the reaction is like it's like this is a mild inconvenience, <laughs> like I'm getting my head slammed against a wall. It's not like, and th- there doesn't seem to be any type of um, like massive terror on the on the on the receiving end as much as there was in the first Evil Dead. You know, people still kind of freak out, but it's just like funny. And I think that's one of the things, too, is like Ash becomes desensitized to this. Yeah. And maybe that's how his character kind of evolves, you know, uh, you know, because like it shines through on the show, too, where he's just like, yep, just going to murder these people. Time to cut them up. Like, that's it. This time. Yeah. It's like, I'm really sorry. I got to do this to you. But <laughs> what well, it also makes me wonder if like with the, he's been in comics, there's been a number of times where it's Ash versus whoever. Mm-hmm. And then like there was the Ash versus the Marvel zombies, which was actually kind of interesting that he actually he's part of that like that, that canon of the Marvel zombies and, and Ash is in there for like a split second. Um, and then there's the video games that Bruce Campbell came into the voice for. So it feels like there's there's been time for him to let the character cook. And then talk to Sam Raimi and, and Ted Raimi and be like, this is what this guy's about. Yeah. And then and then you have a movie like, um, did you see um, that was it? My name is Bruce movie that had Bruce Campbell in it where no. um, a fan writes him a letter yeah. to have him come to his town to help him with a, like an ancient evil because he loves his movies and he thinks that that's the same guy. Yeah. It's really funny because he plays just like an even jerkier version of himself. And he's like, I was in a movie. Like, I, this isn't the same thing. And there's a point where he's running terrified through the woods, taking a gun and just shooting it randomly. And he shoots an innocent person as he's just running through the woods terrified. It's, this is not the Bruce Campbell you know of from the movies, but it's really funny. Um, so I feel like going from that to Ash vs. Evil Dead, which we talked about on the show last year when it premiered, um, I, it's just something about like why... Why is this something that's basically a sequel, like twenty five years later, we may, roughly, maybe not? Um, why is that still successful now versus like what you know? What was that? It was uh, you heard a knocking. Yeah. You think it's maybe that uh, trap door? Well, no, I didn't know what it was. It, oh, I didn't know. It was could like be a deadite. A, okay. Could be a ram cam. Um, but uh, the um. Sorry, you were talking about Evil Dead. I got distracted. I'm like, what is that noise? Uh, no, it, it's it's the Deadites. They're trying to get they're trying to get your soul. No, I'm just saying like 
Ash vs. Evil Dead, it came out almost fully formed when you see the first episode. It's like, this is everything I remember liking about this character in this world, but it's like 20, 25 years after the last time we really got anything in, in film form. Yeah. How does that, how does that still work? You know, like how does that still happen? Well, I, I don't know how it happened, but it worked like, no, like I told you, like I watched it. I was like, you know, we, I, I sat there and I made fun of all these TV shows that are coming out like with the fall that are based off of like lethal weapon taken, um, like, I don't know, uh, you know, yeah. all those other movies. It's like they're basing them off of movies or TV shows off of movies. I'm like, somebody did that with Evil Dead, which you would think in, in a world where people can't like accept Ghostbusters being remade, that something as iconic as Evil Dead would get the same treatment. But even like, you know, you got Bruce Campbell's blessing. You got Sam Raimi's blessing. He directed the first episode like they hit the nail on the head. Like it's not, it's it's not Emmy award winning TV. But like, I sat there and I watched it, and I felt like I was watching Evil Dead and Army of Darkness every episode, you yeah. know, with a coherent storyline. They brought in some new characters. That, like you said, they didn't make it about like Ash's son that t- that picks up the torch and carries on a new story. No, it's still Ash, and he's old, and they make fun of him. <laughs> And like he's he, he's a joke in on himself, you know, like with his wooden hand and you know his, like uh, I like the joke they made about him, like in his uh, his just for men hair, where it's just like, have you seen his pillow? It looks like a coal mine. Like, <laughs> what does he put on his hair? Because you know he's gray, but he's got he's rocking the jet black, yeah. you know, hair. So, you know, the one liners are all there. The violence is totally there. That was my biggest worry. Oh my I remember goodness. when it came out. Like I remember, I think I brought it up on the podcast a few years ago. Um, when I was watching it and like, like one of the characters just totally caught a pair of scissors to the hand and it was just, it was hard to watch. You know, they, well, there's a, there's a six, section later with a trailer hitch that also caught me off guard in the first season with, uh, uh, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the diner, there was definitely someone getting, uh, the getting their head hitch. bounced off of a trailer hitch and it was rough to see. I didn't think that was at the diner. I thought that oh, was a militia guy. Maybe either way there, there was a trailer hitch in someone's head and they got, they, that, you know, that, yeah smushed they definitely had had it pretty rough so but like you know they you know they did a great job um and lucy lawless popping up in it i thought was kind of a treat like i always feel like she kind of you know because she's obviously married to uh uh what's his name robert Robert tappert who was one of the producers for the original series with ramey and and campbell so like she kind of married into that group um plus plus i know like Ramey produced uh, Hercules and Xena, and that's how they found her. Yeah, because the whole they had that whole syndicated TV thing that so that they've known her for. Well, well, I'm sure that's how they, yeah, she met Tapper. They but. were they were filming. Didn't they film Briscoe County Junior in New Zealand? I don't think so. I think that was because that was Fox. I think that was still shot somewhere else. But I know that Xena and Hercules. There's a lot of back to back shooting, and there's yeah, a lot of things. Well, going I know on. they shot two sh- series in New Zealand because Campbell was always around. Uh, Lucy Lawless in terms of like they were shooting both their shows fairly close to, close to each other um, but yeah like uh, I, I like her character I really think her character is very uh, strange I, I don't understand her just yet um, I'm not going to really talk about it because I don't want to give away the the show because the show is still pretty fresh it's only a year old I don't want to be like my recommendation is if you guys are on the bubble about it just go get your seven day free trial stars you burn through the series and if you don't want yeah, that it's further only, it's only 10 episodes so. yeah, and the, yeah and the second season just started and I have to say that the first episode of the second season I was laughing the entire like I enjoyed the first season like a lot but that second 
that second season premiere, I was just in stitches the entire time. It's something about like they gave Bruce Campbell the ability to do some more of that Three Stooges style humor. And I was just howling like just that formula, though, is so amazing how it works, because it's just like you don't it catches you off guard. Both both the horror that happens and then that catches you so far off guard. You know what I mean? Like, you know, one minute you're like decapitating people and it's just like they're getting sprayed down with gallons of blood. Like I thought I told you about the bartender one where where yeah. she where where Kelly, the character, you know, Kelly goes to save this guy gets pulled over a bar, you know, with by a deadite. And you just see kind of like part of him disappear behind the bar. And then it's just like this fountain of blood. And I'm like, what is going on behind that bar that would warrant that much blood? <laughs> Or that, and you know that you know she just kind of pulls his arms off, like like that was the the uh, the aftermath, and I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then after that, immediately when he throws the chainsaw, yes, uh, he throws the chainsaw, and it's like this epic moment where he's about to like lock the chainsaw into his stump, and then like the dead eye like grabs yeah, him. Yeah, doesn't it, quite work out. It doesn't quite work out, <laughs> and it just smacks him in the forehead, and it's just like <laughs> what? Like, yeah, I just I it's. I think that there, there's been this trend now where a lot of a lot of horror movies have to either or horror things have to be completely dead serious, or they're so winking at you the entire time that you that you have fun with it. But it's like I don't know. There's no soul to it. It's so disingenuous. But for some reason, I, and I'm not. I mean, I guess this is high praise. Somehow they're able to keep the two together where the stakes are high, but not necessarily for the main characters because mm-hmm. it's like they live in a world in which. You turn right around the person you're talking to because suddenly become a dead eye and then you just got to fight them and that's it like what? that's that's the end of the like that's it we're at a bar there's some hotties talking to bruce campbell all of a sudden he has to go just kill him and then that's business as right, usual right you know like if they weren't hot if, if they were deadites he would go right back to try to mack it on them after done the fight you know so but still it still feels like like um like it's i mean it does feel like a cartoon but there's there is there are these emotional beats in this with like this looney tune style violence and i don't know how I don't know how you do that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's what makes it so fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it just, uh, just real quick. I know we didn't talk a whole lot about it, but Army of Darkness is like one of my favorite movies of all time. That's like, what really. That's what sucked me. I told sucked yeah. me back into it because it was just like this. This is so ridiculous. I mean, everything from uh, like. I don't know why, like the Wolfman howl when he's splitting into evil ash, and it's just like, really, we got to make that joke right now. Yeah, and the, the whole bit too, when he's escaping with the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, which we've not really straight up said what that was. Uh, we're talking about all this, like the thing that causes all things to happen. Yeah, as he's leaving the the cemetery where the the, the three books are. That's why I said like, oh, I said there'd be three books. And he falls down, and all the skeleton hands are grabbing at him. And then they start doing the Three Stooges moves on him, where they like they and poke him in the yeah, eyes. Yeah, he's trying he, to block. He's like, ha, and then they hit him. him in the face. Yeah, yeah it's like that's so stupid, but it's great. You like, know why would these things like? Yeah, and I love the fact that these these demons, these these zombie characters, like they're just completely brutal and evil. But somehow they jump into this bag of Three Stooges with him, where it's just like. Why would they be doing this comedic stuff, you know, you know, to begin with? Well, even when the the, the the army of darkness is marching against the castle, mm-hmm. they have a quick shot of like three skeletons playing like a flute and drums, like mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the revolutionary war. Like why would you have to do that, you know? Yeah. But it's like it's there. Um the other thing too about that movie too is how like Ash, I think that's where he decides he wants to become a hero, not because he was acting heroic in the second movie, but it's more like all right, I screwed up. Like I want to get out of here. I've I've caused these guys a lot of problems. It's probably time for me to man up. 
Uh, There's a training montage where he teaches all the soldiers how to fight, which I don't know how he knows how to fight. Right. And it's the same three moves. It's like just one, two, three, and that's a move. And somehow that trains the entire army to fight. And (laughs) I don't understand how that works. And I love when they utilize it in the movie when the the skeletons roll up and then they're just like, one, two, three. Three, and they all just take them out in one hit. It's yeah. like, they kind of like caught them off guard, but at the same time, I'm like, that should not have worked. No. Like, um, it's it's a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but yeah, I don't, it's something about like, Ash is a very American hero in the sense that he wants to be loved. He wants to be popular. He's not, but he wants to be all these things. He wants everything handed to him. But if he has to, if he has to go kill some stuff, he'll do it without question. Yeah. And he doesn't think twice about that for some reason. It's just like, oh well, it had to be done. You know, like there's, I, yeah. well, they touch on that in the TV show a lot. Yeah, like I, I like that that they're 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 talking, speaking to the character, and also trying to develop and understand it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like Army of Darkness definitely set him up for. A completely like if you if it was if you watched Army of Darkness first like and then watched Evil Dead it would not make a lot of sense to you. Yeah, and especially since they they can't reference Army of Darkness in the show at least for now because a different rights like the 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 one company has the rights to Army of Darkness and the other one has the rights to Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. So, but you can still do things like Evil Ash. You can still do things like like it's there Evil are Ash. there are um, nods and winks. Like I because after watching um, Evil Dead so recently and then watching the TV show, the directors that come in and, and take over after Raimi, there are like there's there's like bits with um sound and shots that are just all this like just identical like to the original movie or even just like homages to the way things are done and it's wonderful and it's like those things that you wouldn't even notice if you're just watching it but since you're like these guys really studied this film this is probably what they grew up on right you know and it's like this is like i it for a movie that is really low budget isn't always the best of execution isn't the strongest of story somehow it was really popular and it's like those are things that usually keep you away from ever wanting to consider to watch a movie like that yeah. and i just don't know what it is other than just it was different first time because back in the 80s you didn't have these indie films that people were just like you know going crazy about you know being in more of an artistic piece versus like these big hollywood budget things to get people into a theater to make money you know yeah and also i think that the difference with the like Necronomicon, the Deadites, and then all this terror in the woods. Which, by the way, you you mentioned the the tree rape scene. They asked uh, Ellen about that, and she said all it said in the script was the woods would attack me. That's all. The, that's all the script said. They, she had no idea what they were talking about when, when like when they went through the script. So she didn't know. So it's kind of funny how it's so like how oh, that, the woods are going to attack me. I'm okay. wondering how that direction played out. Like at <laughs> what point was like Sam Remy like okay now these guys are going to use these vines to pull your legs apart. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he kept telling. He's like, don't worry, it's not going to be close-ups. Like, he kept, like, basically, it was like everything he was saying was kind of the opposite of what was going to happen. But right. yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny. Um, but I'm just trying to think though, like other movies, like I, with this one though, it's like I feel like with the Deadites and the Necronomicon, like I was saying, because you just don't know where it's coming from next, which is usually reasons I don't care for a movie where it doesn't have rules. Like the lack of rules on this meant that like your very next breath, something crazy could happen. And, you know, I don't think I've I haven't seen too many movies like that where it's enjoyable all the way through because it doesn't none of it really makes sense. The way that the the forces inhabit people and the way they pass around, why some people are never bothered by them, some are. None yeah. of that really makes sense. Well, no, no and it's even funny. a TV series doesn't really do that. Kind yeah. Of. And it's funny you should bring that up because like the heroes tend to somehow make it out 
unscathed. Not relatively, relatively unscathed. Yeah. But like you could have somebody who's just a like a ca- like a like a cafe waitress, and then like the person in the booth next to them turns into a deadite and they stand up and punch their fist through their chest. It's yeah. like. Why has nobody done that to Ash? Like, right? You know, yeah. it's like if if it's you know because like there's times where uh, like we were watching Evil Dead Two, where the one deadite grabbed that guy and just basically broke his neck. Yeah. And like other times, like they come at Ash and they're just flailing and fighting, like uh, like the fodder people are there f- for the story and the effect, but you always have those hero people that kind of like st- you know stay immune. Yeah, you know. which I mean, then there are consequences to their actions. That's all I'll say. Yeah, like if you haven't watched the show yet, but but you're right. It feels like how come they still get a pass whenever like all hell can break loose around them, and right. it's like, oh well, all right, well I guess they're they're done now. Like it well, was like it was that weird. whole the whole scene in the show where Kelly and the hiker are in the in the cabin. Yeah, and then like the cabin's trying to get rid of her. Yeah, and it's like. Why do you need to get rid of her to you know to yeah, to take it, out the hiker? Like I feel like you should be able to handle both. Yeah, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I, this one again. I, I think it's it's the it's the charm and the character that that I'll forgive. Not that I need a whole story to be explained to me A through B, but it's like give like sometimes whenever the logic doesn't make sense, I start checking out. With this one, I don't. Maybe it's just because I grew up with it, and maybe because I love Bruce Campbell and I love Ash. And I really do. And I feel like the fact that we got him back, and if you take the runtime of the first season, that's actually longer than the first three movies put together. So you actually have, what, almost seven movies worth of information mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And then we have a second season, and they just got picked up for a third season, stars announced. Nice. And Bruce Campbell said he'd like to do five. So we're going to end up getting... That would be perfect. How much more... Yeah, and I know. told you I'd like to see certain things flush out. Like, I know they can't get the rights to Evil Dead. Or not Evil Dead, uh, Army of Darkness. But I mean, let's get that Necronomicon, like getting some guys time traveling too. That'd be so much fun. Like you don't have to go back to medieval times again, but go back to the Wild West or something crazy. Yeah. Like, could you imagine him in different eras? Yes, I want to see. I want to see a time traveling Bruce Campbell as Ash fighting evil in different times now. Right. So much. Like it's it's all I really want now. Like now you mentioned that it's like I want to see like it's like it's like he's like Doctor Who except an asshole and with a chainsaw. That's what I want. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. uh, it, it's a it's a fun series. Recommend it. Um, the the movies and the in the TV series again. Um, you know if you haven't seen any of the movies, I definitely watch the first one just because I feel like that's one of those good foundational horror movies. Yeah. Um, second one is fun. It's batshit crazy, so your mileage may vary. And then Army of Darkness just makes me laugh. Like it's the one-liners, which I feel like there's a couple of those in the second movie. But like the it, one it, that it, you, the one, the one that, that that we like uh, when he introduces his Ash to his uncle, and he's like, "Evil shows up, it blows up." Yeah, <laughs> like still working on it. Yeah, but I was just like, I was cracking up when he said that. Oh, so um. But yeah, just I, I, I this, this is just a fun one. Like I, I there's going to be. I mean, when we talk about all things Halloween, there's just some stuff that still terrifies me that I will watch and still be like scared by. This is just one that I'm always going to be smiling watching. So I enjoy that. So, all right, that's going. I think that'll wrap it up for our uh, our Evil Dead talk. Um, Evil Dead. That's like like a TED talk. An Evil Dead talk. Talking, like, talking, yeah. talking, talking dead. dead. No, talking wait, dead. that's that's a, that's other show. Um, so yeah, send us some the feedback to us at our, our uh, Facebook page. It's Invading Podcast. Um, 
sorry, invasion of the podcast. Our, our Gmail is in, invading podcast at Gmail. Uh, we are on Twitter. Uh, hit us up. If there's things about evil dead that you like, or if there's other Bruce Campbell things out there that we haven't talked about. Um, I'm sure there's plenty like his, uh, how he's, he was supposed to be the mysterious villain in all the Spider-Man movies going into Spider-Man four. And they're going to show how he's supposed to be like the one person ruining Peter Parker's life. And then they didn't even get to that. Like there's things like that. Um, did you watch Burn Notice at all? I haven't watched Burn Notice. No, no. I, I guess people love his character in that too. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Um, and if there's anything like Evil Dead, recommend it. I know we didn't even talk about the musical. We, we haven't seen it. So it's I really to, want to every yeah. time. And it's funny you should say that because like, you know, just just being in Vegas uh, and me going to Vegas all the time, they have Evil Dead the musical there at the Planet Hollywood Theater. And I never go to it because it's never showing when I'm there. It's always on like some type of little break for the week. And then it starts back up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm flying out on Thursday. So I I will get to it when I can. But I definitely want to see that because I've heard that the, that it is very gory, that the first couple rows do get splattered a lot. And um, they have a song with a very weird Necronomicon dance. And oh. there's a whole song called do the Necronomicon and it's like a dance number. And I'm like, I got to see that if they see there needs just to be something called the Necronomicon and just be all things evil dead. I'm sure they, that, that somebody probably has thought that up and they've probably been like, no, you can't have that name. Right. Yeah. So anyway, all right, enough about that. Um, and now I oh, no, the thing everybody's been looking forward to. Uh, it is the wheel of death. It's time for the Netflix wheel of death. <laughs> And this is all Adam Sandler and Christian dating movies this time. Yeah. No, um, they so. have a whole category on Netflix now for that. Um, <laughs> I be, now because I watch these movies, my recommendations on Netflix is getting really weird because it's like because you watch Christian Mingle and it gives me all these selections, and I'm like, dear Netflix, can I just be like, can I undo that one? So I saw this wasn't on mine, but I saw this on the internet somewhere, uh, and it was a screenshot of somebody's Netflix account where. It was like, because you watched Die Hard, and it was like a Bob Ross painting instructional <laughs> video, and it was like, and the comments were like, who the hell makes up these algorithms at Netflix? Yeah. Like, um, so, so yeah, uh, hopefully in our movie, our list of movies, there's nothing in here nearly as evil as Christian Mingle, but so uh, yeah, let's, let's run down this list. Do you want to, do you have Netflix still up with the description of these? Um, I can bring it up. Hopefully, let's, let's hopefully it doesn't it do a point. Yeah, we shouldn't be able to do this without making a bunch of noise. I'm always worried that, like, as we're recording, that my computer's going to start being like, like you, like, like you got a virus. Yeah, Robot Master. That's my, uh, <laughs> that's my Netflix uh, profile. All I right, use, let's let's start with the tricks. So right. first, we have Hellraiser Revelations, which was was recommended to us. I started typing Hackraiser. Hackraiser. Yeah. Sorry, it's Hackraiser. This is a this is the Christian version. <laughs> Go to the Christian oh, no. section. Yeah. No, don't start no, it. No, I don't want to start it. Back to browse. See how scared we, scared we are? All right. All right. Just, like, expand it. All right. What does it say? Does it say what number oh, Hellraiser wow. this is? In this ninth installment of oh, the Hellraiser franchise, God. two friends named Joe and Paul discover a puzzle box in Mexico, which opens a gateway to hell. That's very undescript explaining. Like, and, and that's not um, that's not the actor that has been in all of them. This is a different actor that got to play Pinhead. I've heard this is absolutely terrible, but it's on our list. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. The next one is Avalanche Sharks, which... I don't know I, why we need to just write the description for the... Like, <laughs> you, to bring it up. Right oh, oh. I think... Yeah, I, I, I right like there. that it pulled up Avengers. Oh, Avengers Grimm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
if you guys ever want to go back and listen to my episode about the the asylum that's uh, that's the one to watch right there or listen to avalanche sharks one star uh a ski resort accident causes the avalanche to unearth ancient in quotes snow sharks that feed on human flesh especially young spring break snow bunnies this is that garbage i'm talking about where it's like so like on the nose like it's just like winking at you like we yeah. know we're making a bad movie on purpose i don't know but we're gonna watch it yeah hopefully can at least get some some uh s- some snow bunny action out of that one yeah well if, right below it's adventures of babysitting can we just watch that instead no okay <laughs> thor's right. in that thor's in that yeah. um uh zombies <laughs> which is a zoo this sounds like the shittiest like disney cartoon zombies. ever z-o-o <laughs> oh god <laughs> A zombie virus turns a zoo full of animals undead and bloodthirsty. If they escape the zoo, the whole city will be in danger. I don't know what kind of zoo they got set up, but zoos don't really have like, uh, like if an animal gets out of its in, in, you know, its cage or its in, uh, its living area, there's not really much that could stop it from getting out of the zoo. That's true. So I don't know what kind of zoo walls they have, but uh, these images look kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I, you always have an idea too when you look at the cast. You're like, I don't recognize any of these names. It's probably not a good sign. Uh, Stitches. Stitches. Who is not the from World of Warcraft? World of Warcraft. Stitches hungry. Uh, three stars. Three stars. All right. So this has got clowns. We figured since everybody, <laughs> everybody's popping up, like dressing up as clowns. Um, after his accidental death, of course, Stitches, the criminally insane clown. Wait a minute is on the loose and hunting down the young partygoers who caused his untimely death. Would you say, does he have a gang of clowns? I don't really understand the plot of this if he's already criminally insane and he was accidentally killed by partygoers. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like somebody thought out of order when they were writing this. <laughs> do you know what i mean like it sounds like this guy was a clown who was already messed up in the head yeah and then he accidentally gets killed there should be no type of revenge murder clown that spawns from that because like, it's like he was already a bad guy like usually yeah because usually what happens is is um is somebody's like an innocent like 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 jason Voorhees who's just like oh, i can't swim i drowned yeah you know like he was a kid like, there's always, like, an innocence that gets ruined, and then they come back for revenge completely corrupt. Yeah, but this guy, it's it's like a, it's like Shocker. It's like, although that, that uh, guy on death row was already dead, and now he's killing people because he's angry at him. It's like, right. you were a killer to begin with. Right. Yeah. Like, if he was wrongly accused, yeah. and then, like, this kind of put him over the edge, because whatever dark forces are involved, always kind of, like, that, 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 like, that pours a little bit into the into the mix and then it's just like the whole batch goes bad you yeah. know so it's like it's like let's let's resurrect him with dark magic and then he'll crave you know blood and murder it's like well what did he do before I'm like oh he, he ran a couple children's charities you know like, oh like okay. you know and then he accidentally fell down some stairs because somebody forgot to put a wet floor sign up and now he's like some type of hydro monster that drains people and just or kills, drowns, and, and just kills janitors and kills all. janitors <laughs> and 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 kids and kids charities and kids charities. Wow, I think we just made an oddly specific horror movie that we, I would. We watch. make a lot of that stuff. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so, so oh, what was that? Stitches. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the pack. Oh yeah. 
which I, we kind of stumbled across this one. And I told I told I told Paul to put this one on there because I know there are specific movies that make me angry when I watch them. <laughs> like this makes no sense on an on an isolated Australian sheep farm. Which wait wait you don't need the word isolated in there. <laughs> this starts off yeah. on a, an Australian sheep farm. It's already implied there's nobody around. There's not Australian sheep farms in the suburbs or anywhere near major cities. Um, uh, a suburban Australian sheep farm. A pack of bloodthirsty feral dogs terrorize a couple and their two kids who fight for their lives and home. They should just call this movie Cujo's. Just, uh, just, add, like, just like you know. I have my problems with killer animals because like. Like I understand it's a vehicle for like like suspense and like like horror, but like the na- nature kind of operates in a certain way, and the way that they have them operate, like uh, what was that that movie that just came out with the the girl that was stuck on the buoy with oh, the shark, um, uh, the shallows, something yeah. like that. Yeah, like she's out there for a couple days. That shark would just be like, nah. You mean Deadpool's wife? Yeah, yeah. Was that that wasn't Deadpool's wife? Was yeah, it? that was Blake Lively. Oh, his oh, actual oh, wife. Oh, his right, actual right. wife. I'm yeah. thinking of uh, what's her name from Firefly. Oh, <laughs> I can never say her last name. Marina something. But um, but I'm like, I have a problem like like buying into that because it's like I really have to like suspend disbelief because I'm just like these animals would not do this. These animals, you know, like like Jaws, like with with a shark that wants revenge. You know, <laughs> like I don't know. Well, that, I mean, that's just but, me. But Jaws, like the first one, though, made sense because it was just this thing was getting aggressive. It didn't want revenge. It was just out there. Yeah. You know. Um, but so this is Australian film. Um, you mentioned other Australian like animal films, right? There's one I saw. I had to look it up. This is from 2007. It's not one that's on the wheel of death. It's called Rogue. And it's loosely based on a true story of this killer alligator. There was these people that were out on like a tour boat and they went up like the wrong like stretch of whatever. And, it, yeah. and the tour boat got turned over by this really large alligator. These people were just stuck dealing with this thing. It was actually really good. See, some of it like that I could kind of understand. But like this scenario, you're stuck in the house. You're still in the house. Yeah. Like you're on an isolated sheep farm. I'm sure the dogs would have eaten the sheep. Like they just go back to their den. Like, well, and then uh, I, I guess I'd have to watch it. I could you, be wrong. Did you hear the story about those uh, poor Russian scientists up near, like in like near the North Pole area? I think where um, they the polar bears are going hungry, so they're just like waiting for them. This is actually going on right now, and so the Russians have sent them supplies, but no one's come to actually save them. Like it's just like these these polar bears are circling this encampment because they're hungry. Yeah. And they're actually a threat, but they're they're not going to actually take them out of the station. They're just going to be like, "You guys, here's some supplies. Just, you guys are okay." Like some so. grenade supplies. <laughs> Polar bears are serious. They're they're the largest land carnivore. Yeah. So not a pack of wolves. No. Or dogs. And like uh, like like a lot of times, like people when they're doing scientific work in the Arctic, they have to have. There's like they usually have like um, uh, like this one person I was talking to, like they have like these uh. I don't want to say SUVs, but the vehicles that they move around on are on these snow tires that are like seven or eight feet tall, like these monster truck tires, because the polar bears can't get up on them. Okay. Otherwise, like if you're just sleeping in a tent, it's not like it's not like going to a national park and you're like, just make sure everything's bagged up and the grizzlies (laughs) don't get into your peanut butter. These polar bears will drag you out of a tent and eat you. So you have to kind of like sleep. Not there are no trees. So you got to sleep up where the polar bears can't get you. So anyway, they're cranky because they don't have their Coke anymore. Like the, yeah, the, the drink. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, right. and then the last the last spin on the wheel of death is a two for treat. Um, 
I have not seen Nightbreed, which Nightbreed is on here. Yeah. Uh, and that that we're gonna wa- I'm I'm gonna watch if if we spin this guy. It's been a while. You know what? It's been a long time since I've seen Nightbreed. So, um, like, is it on here? Yeah, it's on here. It was on here. Did they just take it off like while we're talking? I think it's all one word, Nightbreed. Oh, okay. And this is the director's cut too, so that's cool. So um, sometimes, what's that? Says believing that he's a serial killer, a troubled young man is drawn to an old cemetery uh, where a variety of monsters are hiding from humanity. Yeah, it's uh, written by Clyde Barker, uh, directed by um, I want to say Catherine Bigelow. Um, like cool, cool practical effects. It's actually a really good movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. So uh, who's in it? Starring David, David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. Yeah. Uh, and then the one that Paul got was Dead Snow, which is uh, Nazi zombies. Yeah. So, uh, and this is a Cabin in the Woods movie. Uh, skiers go up to the cabin. Uh, they find a, like, I think it's Nazi gold, some type of Nazi gold. It wakes up these frozen dead Nazis in a cave somewhere, and they all come after these guys, uh, you know, in the cabin. So, all right. And it does have a sequel. Uh, so, God, I can't believe it's only got two stars. I don't know. I don't know. Really <laughs> this, <laughs> this movie is violent. <laughs> no, but it has it has Nazi zombies in it. How like yeah. this movie is peaceful and it reached and and reached an agreement with all those around it. If you liked, I'm like I'm trying to think of like Call of Duty s movies. If you liked American Sniper, did you want to just maybe add a little Dead Rotting Hood on there? That's another one. No, no. Okay, all right. She didn't make the cut. She doesn't <laughs> look like she's rotting. She just looks angry. It's like right. that picture right there is like a chick PMSing in a midriff. <laughs> Like, you can send all email to invadingpodcast at gmail dot com. She uh, is. I know. Okay, that's the. Like, I, why not, do we got it? That's 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 your typical B movie. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. So all right. we got our we got our things. We got our tricks and our treat. Okay. Let me. So um, you ready? Yep. It's actually kind of slowing it, it, down to the movie. And it oh, it actually like, kind of matched. All right. And Hellraiser. <laughs> Damn it. Like, it was like right there by Avalanche Sharks, too. Oh. I kind of okay. would have rather had that than... Uh, yeah. Two. We're going mean, to watch uh, Hellraiser Revelations. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did it move? Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so thanks to Steve King of the Science Slasher, uh, which, by the way, go check out the page, Science Slasher, thescienceslasher.com. Yeah, it's he, October. Yeah, he recommended that, and so thanks, Steve. I didn't. Did he mention? Did he suggest Christian Mingle before? Was that was that one of his? I think, I think it, it was. His. Because that was like was a that punishment Hush. thing. Hush was the other one that we watched of his that was recommended. Yeah, Hush was wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but yeah. Um, All right. So, so thanks, yeah. Steve. We're we're toying around, like depending on how much like stuff there is to watch, because there's too much stuff to watch. But I, I told Paul, I was like, we should just do trick or treat. Fuck uh, with the uh, wheel of death with the wheel all of, of death. October. Yeah, yeah. So I have no problem with that. Uh, it's just a matter of getting into these movies because next week, what I'd like to do, and I talked to Joe about this already, is want to dig into Reanimator. Yeah. Um, and so these are movies I've not seen because unfortunately I'm not going to make it to the 12 Hours of Terror at um, the Capitol Theater next weekend. If you guys can go, go. It's going to be a good time. I'm just not going to be able to make it, but. I was waiting to watch Reanimator there because I had not seen it, um, but I want to watch that. And I want to also uh, try to get through um, Bride of Reanimator and uh, Beyond Reanimator. Um, so I got about 
five hours of movies on top of Hellraiser to get to. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a challenge. But that's what we want to do next week is Reanimator. If there's any other franchises that are kind of like like I don't want to say second tier, but not not your saws, not your you know paranormal activities, nothing like that. If there's something like from like because we just did Evil Dead, we're going to do Reanimator. We're open to suggestions because we want to do a couple more for the October's out. That'd be great. Just please leave us suggestions. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, we have a lot of a lot of shit to watch, and by shit I mean probably really bad shit, like this, as in this terrible. Looks like it's gonna be bad. I didn't realize this was the ninth Hellraiser, and it did not have uh, the uh, original Pinhead. Doug Doug Bradley, I think's his name. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize there was nine. I knew there was like six or seven. I thought there were only like five. Oh, yeah, because there was like. Uh, Hellraiser, Hellraiser Two, which is um, Hellbound, I think it was called. And the third one, Hell on Earth, and then um, what's the one where he's in the nightclub? I think that's the third one. Uh, like, and then um, then there was one called um, Bloodlines that was actually two different Hellraiser movies because one started getting made and it just didn't didn't come together right. And then they're like, you know what, we're going to use part of that in this one. It was one set in space, but also like renaissance france like it was this weird like oh yeah like, i remember yeah. i remember that i haven't one. seen it because it was like they wanted to time jump a lot like they wanted to go back and just show you like oh look the box was around renaissance france and then like somehow like pinhead followed jason into space and was just <laughs> on a different plane yeah so so i, I didn't realize there's that many so I, yeah we're gonna watch the revolution how did michael myers and freddie not get on a spaceship i you know <laughs> I'd probably watch Michael Myers on a spaceship. Wouldn't that be great if, like, like um, Haddonfield, Illinois, like they they happen to have like NASA there for the day, just waving everybody, and then all of a sudden he just kind of wanders in. Like, let's say that the Laurie Strode becomes an astronaut. <laughs> I like this. Okay. And then so you got Jamie Lee Curtis on a, a spaceship, and she yeah. goes up to space, and then so he doesn't follow her onto that one. He follows her. He goes onto the next one, yeah. and it slowly makes his way up there. I would love it. Because then the Shatner mask. I know that's sense. what I was gonna say. Like, how many meta Shatner jokes could you make up there? Like, oh, oh man, he's not slowly walking towards the spaceship. He's just floating he's slowly, floating. just slowly floating towards the spaceship. Oh jeez, yeah, I love it. But somehow there's still like an autumn tree for him to hide behind every so often in space. Yeah, yeah it's, anyway, like, that's, where'd that guy go? That's, that's just an asteroid. <laughs> Hmm. Yes, he couldn't be out in space, <laughs> or could he? Oh, yeah, uh, Space Myers. Uh, so, all right, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, and then, like next week, Reanimator. So, yeah, hit us up on our social media. Uh, let us know, like suggestions, other things, whatever, and tell people about the show. Uh, go on to iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, give us good reviews. That'd be super helpful. Um, and also tell like six friends. Yep, and tell six friends. I don't. We're just going to exponentially increase like, how many <laughs> friends you should tell. Like if you if you've if you've done the two friend job, then then you have to, you have to tell six. Yeah, right. So um, that'll that'll do it for us this week. So uh, have a good week. Don't get any pencils in the ankle, and then we'll we'll yeah. see you later.
Klaatu, Marada, <laughs>